you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Sakat's personal data pad. This has what we need to find the Shadow Broker. You're dead. The Shadow Broker has been in power for decades. He's stronger than anything you've ever faced. Is that why you sold out the Council to work for him? You think I betrayed the Council? Like Saren? Go to hell. The Broker's given me damn good intel over the years. Intel that saved lives and kept the Citadel safe. So if the Broker needs a few people to disappear, I'll pay that price without hesitation. Tell yourself whatever you like. The Council would never accept you working for the Shadow Broker. The Council? You pay them lip service while working for terrorists? You have any idea what Cerberus has done? I know who they are and what they've done. It doesn't matter. I think it does. You want to judge me? Look in the mirror. Kidnapping kids for biotic death camps. Hell, your own unit on a coos. And you're with them. Don't you dare judge me. Don't you. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 40. And you would think we'd be done with Mass Effect 2. We we killed a human Reaper hybrid thingy last time, and we survived a suicide mission saw some credits yeah yeah we rolled credits that's true yeah so we should be good but there's two little matters we left unresolved uh these are the dlc that came out one is the shadow broker dlc and the other is the arrival dlc we're going to start with the shadow broker dlc and uh yeah this is really the, you know the, the the shadow broker one you could probably do anytime um, although for some reason I think it just feels a bit more natural, like to like deal with Liara and her issues with the shadow broker. It's like, that really doesn't involve the suicide mission. So right. it can be left to the end as much as anything. And the arrival DLC, it, it's a natural, uh, coda to the game. It makes sense to save that till the end. Yeah. Uh, it's- like I think about the order that these actually came out in. Um, and shadow broker and arrival came out last, right? Those are the last two yeah. DLCs to come out. Arrival was. I want to say it came out maybe like a year before Mass Effect 3 or or nine months or something. Like it was very much a teaser, like, hey, it's coming. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah it, it, it serves to set up Mass Effect 3 uh, and, and lead into, uh, you know, kind of the opening of the game, which we'll get to mm-hmm. uh, very soon. Yeah, I think so it's actually, uh, I was going to say, like, it's a uh, came to the we started playing this game. Like, uh, it released on March 29th, 2011. And I want to say Mass Effect was in 2012, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think Mass Effect 3 was 2012. That sounds, yeah, I believe that's right. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I'd say it's Mass Effect 2.5, although it's not nearly that long, but it's, it's, the, it's a natural bridge. It's a natural bridge between the two. And well, you'll, that becomes evident once you yeah. see what happens. It was March oh, yeah. 6, 2012, so basically a year, a year later, it got released. Okay. So. Yeah. So with all of that said, we're going to break the Shadow Broker part down into two parts here. So... Uh, so the first part, we, we kind of started a little bit. Liara has us, is, you know, is dealing with the shadow broker. Uh, you know, she had her assistant, Nixeris, try to kill her uh, because she's apparently, a, she's apparently a very good information broker, which is, you know, one of those things where the better you get, the more people are gunning for you. Mm-hmm. And so she asked Shepard for some help with that. And Shepard was like, hey, I got the suicide mission. So let me, let me do my stuff. I'll come back and we'll work on your thing. So now that that's done, we can go back to Ilium and meet up with Liara, and let's hear what happens when we do. Dr. Liara Tassoni has reached out to Shepard for help recovering her kidnapped friend, Farron, from the clutches of the Shadow Broker. She tells Shepard that the Shadow Broker was going to sell Shepard's body to the Collectors back while they were dead, and instead she and Farron managed to smuggle the body to Cerberus, who revived the Commander. Liara heads to her apartment to think of a plan, 
But when Shepard arrives, the place is marked as a crime scene and Liara is missing. Televisir, an Asari Spectre, arrives to help with the investigation. Someone shot at Liara and Liara fled. The Spectres find a recorded call from Sakat, who is decoding some information for Liara at the Baria Frontiers offices. Shepard and Vasir head to the offices just in time to watch the third floor explode. Vasir takes a car up to the third floor while Shepard and team climb the burning building on foot. Shepard is attacked by mercenaries, but makes it to the Baria offices anyway. They find Sakat, but he is shot by a mercenary. Televisir arrives to immediately shoot the mercenaries. Liara then arrives with her gun drawn. She reveals that Televisir was the assassin who's been tracking her. Vasir and Shepard tussle and fall out of the room. Shepard fights some more mercenaries while Liara pursues Vasir. Tela escapes in a car, so Shepard and Liara pursue in a car of their own. After a close car chase, Vasir crashes in New Azure, a luxury exotic hotel. Shepard fights through some security mechs and pursues Vasir through the hotel. They encounter Vasir with a hostage, and Shepard and Liara must navigate the hostage negotiations. Afterwards, it is time to fight Vasir. The rogue specter is defeated, and Liara recovers the data from Sakat, which holds the location of the Shadow Broker's lair, where Farron is being held. So first things first, let's get into some of the backstory here that we didn't know about. So Liara recovered Shepard's body for the elusive man. Yeah. She's the one who yeah. found it, the one who did stuff, and uh, but didn't keep it. Yeah, that's a bit surprising. I mean, well, I guess she didn't recover it because, what, the Shadow Broker had it, and then she got it from the Shadow Broker, basically. Right. Uh, Right. Correct. And, and and so she was working with this other this other guy, Farron, who's a Drell. Which it, it's nice that like Thane's not Thane and Colyat are the only Drells we've seen now. We've got at least another Drell running around. So that, who's that also doing shady work. Well that I mean, given that their race is kind of it sounds like they're they're raised to be the Hanar's assassins. No, some of them are, not all of them. That was a specific sect that's raised to be that, but they're not raised that. to be useful to the Hanar, so yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, they're not all raised to be assassins. Uh, they're all pretty much like wards of the Hanar, though. Mm-hmm. The Hanar feel very hypocritical. Like, they seem like they're all, oh, and Kindler's this. Like, we should be, like, super religious. And then it's like they have this whole, like, subculture of, like, brainwashing a race to be, like, subservient. Also, the fact that they keep a race who's not very good with water on water planets, but yeah. Yeah, I've never been a big Hanar fan. <laughs> I mean, that, I, that sounds like that should, that should be somebody's like Twitter handle, Hanar fan or something. Hanar, uh, <laughs> Let's see, Blasto yeah. fan. Um, but yeah, Blasto fan. I mean, I, yeah, I, I always, I always thought Hanar were sort of annoying and sanctimonious, and I mean, this does nothing. Like talking about no. the Hanar Drill relationship does nothing to disabuse me of that. No, they seem. I don't know. You're right. They seem annoying and sanctimonious, but they seem kind of like annoying and sanctimonious in a mostly harmless way where you're just like, oh, I can just disregard those guys. It's like, no, they're real, like hypocritical assholes. Like they really, oh, yeah. they really suck. They don't just kind of suck. Well, the fact that they have drill assassins in the first place kind of, uh, yeah, we're holier than thou, but we have assassins. But yeah, but uh, yeah, so, so Yara has her friend Farron, who is a drill who helped recover Shepard. And she's trying to get info on him having been captured by the Shadow Broker. And yeah, like, you know, the, the two of them, they freed Shepard, which is interesting. And then now you've got this whole little, like, quasi-detective plot. Like, at what point was it obvious to you that the Spectre was, gonna, was working for the Shadow Broker? Uh, the first second they appeared in front of me, I'm like, because it was kind of weird that they just happened to be there. I'm like, you're the one who blew this up, didn't you? You're the reason this all gone to heck. Um, yeah, if there's, yeah, I don't. It wasn't right away for me. Uh, I'm apparently much more gullible, but uh, it definitely did strike me as like, oh, this is weird. Okay. Well, part of it is more of like, how many times have we seen a specter? Yeah, in this game, who was not like something bad is either going to happen to them or they're about to do something to me. Yeah, that is fair. Well, I. I think just in general, like whenever there's a specter around, there are explosions and the specter is either the, well, the, the, generally the specter is the direct cause of the explosions. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of whether they're doing it on the up and up. And they're like, yeah, I blew that up because of reasons. Or they're like, oh no, it wasn't me, but really it was. And I'm lying because I'm, I'm being, uh, you know, I'm, I'm being, uh, deceptive. 
It also seemed like the person who'd be most likely to have explosives and stuff ready to go at any moment would be a specter. Yeah. Yeah. Is what was the name of the very first specter? Nihilus. Yeah. Is he like the only nice specter that we ever meet? Because we, uh, no. we have Saren and and now we have uh, Televisir, and they both they both suck. Right? No. Um. I believe you meet a a Spectre in three. That isn't Garbo. I don't uh, remember. Or is it? Man, I, maybe we, I think it's, it's Andromeda. A, I don't I think remember. Andromeda has a. Yeah, it might actually be Andromeda. So depending on your your vibe, um, how you feel about that. Yeah, you don't meet a lot of specters, and it, yeah, I mean, it is usually kind of bad. I guess, well, there is the one specter promotion that happens in Mass Effect Three, so there you go. <laughs> Which, depending on who gets promoted, that doesn't help my argument, or yeah. it does. I don't know. <laughs> there's, okay, no, there's all right. So now I'm looking. I'm looking at a wiki. There are multiple not like ass specters in, uh, in Mass so. Effect Three. Yeah, I think they needed to put them in there just to. to sway the balance here because I mean, really you're 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 two for two at best nihilus nihilus was at least a nice guy but he, he got shot so he kind of sucked as like from a you know as far as being like good at his job yeah it's, it's kind of like i mean I, I know you know the guy but it's still weird i don't know situational awareness like i would think that would be better as a specter you would think so uh, I, I did find out there is a uh, two more two more uh specters if uh, either Caden or Ashley survive, they can become specters later on. Right, that's in three. Yeah, but besides that, like most of them, like they're, they're the ones who actually aren't like terrible. And then the one in Andromeda, the rest are kind of like whatever about them. Well, I I think if you look at the specters as a very flawed organization, I think you can kind of understand a lot of the council's uh, pushback on Shepard. Because they're like, okay, like, yeah, sure, you're this human and you're trying to prove yourself, but we've seen like half our specters turn out to be a holes. So well, we're not going to trust you, and we're gonna we're, we're gonna ride you hard because you're 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 very corruptible. Well, like, uh, apparently their first specter was a Solarian, and his his first job was to use thirty civilians as bait to flush out a target. <laughs> okay, and uh, apparently the the the, spe- the council said nothing about it. So I'm like, cool, you know. Huh. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, mostly when you see a, another specter in the game, it's probably bad news for you. It's like two apex predators meeting. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they're going to, they're going to eye each other up and they might fight for dominance. Yeah. And if you want to hear more about apex, you can check my other show. Scott. Oh my there it is. <laughs> Seamless. Seamless. Uh, I could only have a final fantasy to have a segue as good as that. Uh, I'm not. Oh. No. No. That was, that was not good at wow, all. Wow. That was that bad. Was- we got to go. All right. All right. I, I, I should go. <laughs> <laughs> Ended the show early tonight, guys. <laughs> Sorry, Chip. So, Good news. You can't get of- your money back because you don't pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> they pay with their time. Uh, that's, that, should, that should be the, ma- the match those buttons tagline. <laughs> pay with your time. <laughs> Very enticing. Okay, so yeah, Spectre, uh, Liara's apartment. Bad news? There's Yeah, Liara, Liara's apartment. It's kind of neat to get to see Liara's apartment. Yeah. Um, because, again, like as far as how we relate to these characters, we really only get to know them primarily through the, you know, the dialogue trees that we get. And then the occasional mission where you get to see them, like, you know, struggle with, uh, do I destroy or embrace this thing that had some kind of massive effect on my past? My dad is um, running a slave colony for the last 10 years. I don't feel great about that. Yeah. Sorry, Jacob. It's only a slave colony. Yeah. Um, here's, here's my problem. I, I was just thinking about this, and it's, it literally just occurred to me for the first time. Liara's apartment is way too nice for somebody in her profession. Uh, for being an, inform- an illegal information Yeah. Worker? Like, it is so clean. It is so, like, no, I don't mean, like, financially nice like i'm sure she's got access to you know all the money she wants but it's way too clean it's way too put together like it's too decorated for somebody uh, that probably forgets to eat half the actually, time th- it could also be a sign of actually like she's never there 
Yeah. Like, okay. She, maybe she's never. That's like it's it's very neat because never there. Like living in the office probably has she like really no no one to go back to. So what's the purpose of going there? Had it decorated well, and then okay. Or, or if anything, she uses it for entertaining, like bringing over people who she's trying to pump for information. Okay. And, so, like, therefore, she'd want to have it clean in that regard. But, yeah, she probably spends all her time at the office. Right, right. Which, her office is also way too clean. But that's, that's a separate... I mean, everything in, this, uh, in these games is just well, really clean. I feel, I feel like Liara is a... I don't want to say she... I mean, she's not a bad information broker, but she kind of is. I don't know. And, and we'll, we'll get to some of that later. Um, especially, you know, when we get to Mass Effect 3, there's some, there's some questions about her. But uh, mm. when... No, like, like I mean, she has her assistant who, you know, got, like, this close to killing her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and probably would have if Shepard hadn't intervened. That is a good point, actually. So she's, I mean, and, and to be fair, I mean, she, you know, you know, she only started, she only got into the information broker business within the last two years. So she's very much a rookie at this. And this is the kind of thing where... You know, a, a, a little mistake could cost you your life. Yeah. Or several other people's lives, like her friend Farron. Right. But it's also the kind of thing where everything, like every incident that you survive, like you get like a ton of experience, like not like, you know, like the, like uh, a value experience, like the, the game gives you experience. But I mean, you know, she kind of, to a degree, she stumbles her way into what happens here. That is true. You know, she doesn't, you know, it's not like she climbed the the latter she worked for years persevering to get to the the heights and status that she did um and so i i, don't know, I almost wonder if there'd be like a they could be like a, a series or something like of, of liara learning to be an information broker over the last two years like you know the accidental broker or something where she just kind of fumbles right. her way to getting more and more information because um, i mean we do see her we do see her when we first come in and we talked about this uh when we first met her on ilium uh you know many many uh missions ago but she's like you know, yelling at that one guy and making threats at him. And she, she has the cold edge to it. She has that part where she, you know, she can be rough and mean and, and, you know, she has no qualms about shooting people in the face if she has to. But I think like just for general awareness and like, you know, who to trust, who not to trust. I think she's, she's still figuring that out. Mm -hmm. Kind of. I also feel like she kind of like, like, I know it's been like two years, but she like really is, changed a whole lot compared to the first game where she was super naive and all of a sudden she's threatened to kill people. She's had, she's got to be an information broker. And then just like in like previous missions, like easily do things. I like just either get people killed or like, it was just terrible decision. Like you've got, I think I remember got mad at Shepard cause like stopped her from doing something that would have caused more damage. Like, no, don't do that. It's like, don't worry about it. I think she learned the wrong things from Shepard. Because yeah. Shepard could be a very ends justify the means kind of person, and you know, I mean, I mean you have you have leeway to play play uh, your character as far as that. But I think yeah, like she, you know, she like you said, she's very naive, and then now she's very sort of like, no, I need to get this information. We'll do what we need to do. You know, we'll shoot who we need to shoot. It's you know, she. I, I, you know, I, I don't know if she's as careful as she should be. And I think that's, you know, yeah, and, and we'll have to see how that goes. And a little bit more obsessed over Shepard than really should be. Like, in the parts where, like, when I was, like, first playing the game and, like, we had a relationship, it made sense. But playing again where I have not established any relationship with Liara, we're basically just work buddies, it becomes kind of obsessive and really creepy at times. She's your Caden. <laughs> oh, oh, don't do Liara like that. That's that's a little bit much. I, yeah, she I mean, I think I think the thing is like you literally save her life and she does get really attached like to you, Shepard. I think like the concept of Shepard too. Mm -hmm. Like like if you follow her arc all the way through because she like I, I don't know. Like some of the stuff, even like some of the video stuff that that they drop for her in Andromeda, right? Like there's there's so much that where she just is so really like hitched to Shepard's wagon, which is why the Shadowbroker is so weird. Like it's so weird when you when you run into her on Ilium. Um, if you didn't have the DLC or the DLC wasn't out, she just, she kind of like she mentions like, hey, like uh, I'm beefing with the Shadowbroker. I'm still getting some info. I'll let you know when it's like you know time to go party down on him. 
Um, and then, you know, if the DLC wasn't out, you would have continued to play the game and just been like, okay, that Hyliara, Byliara, glad your assistant didn't kill you, I guess. Um, but then she's like, yeah, I can't hang. I'm busy doing my thing. And then it, it like turns like super hard to, you are the only thing that matters in the universe to me. It's, it's weird. It's, she's hard to pin down, I feel like. Okay. And she definitely does like, her character changes a lot. I mean, her character grows, frankly. Like, there's not a lot to say about her in Mass Effect 1. You know, like, I don't know what, I don't even know how I would define, like, here is Liara's main characteristics in Mass Effect 1 other than, like, I guess, naive and sort of doe-eyed. Like, I, I, I don't know. And oh my god, Profi and Ruins? Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder, though, too, like, how much of her infatuation with Shepard is what drives her to recover the body. That it's not just, oh, I'm doing this for Cerberus, I'm doing this for credits, I'm doing this to gain clout within the information broker world. Like, this is a personal thing. Like, obviously, I don't want his body or her body falling into the wrong hands. Right. So the shadow broker would, not that Cerberus is really all that much better, but clearly at least she understands, I mean, you know, of, of all, you know, Shepard has to kind of have a sit down with like each of the Mass Effect one crew members and be like, okay, I'm working with Cerberus now. It's not that bad. We're okay. Like, let me explain. They're kind of working for me. It's, you know, we don't trust each other kind of thing. She's the only one who's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Cause you know, you got to do what you got to do. Like yeah. she, I don't want to say that her morals are compromised, but she's very loose. She's very loose with her morals. She's, she, you know, I'd, I'd like to see what her, uh, like Paragon to Renegade points <laughs> ratio is on her scale yeah, i mean i think i think she's she's yeah. been choosing the lower option a lot the the generous interpretation is that she's very pragmatic um which she made a hard pivot into this career i mean i don't know like it would be i would be so interested to and there there probably is actual like lore stuff that i haven't read about what she did in the intervening two years you know after the normandy went down the sr1 went down but like i she um she does that hard turn into like, I'm going to be an information broker and I'm going to, and she puts her all into it. And definitely part of putting her all into it is saying like, I'm going to set aside traditional moral views and, and become, you know, to some extent, at least an ends justify the means and, and just believe that my ends are noble enough that it's going to be okay. There's, Definitely a bit of like a Breaking Bad vibe, like going from like mild mannered archaeologist oh, yeah. to like hardcore underground information broker. You know, you know, yeah. She is the one who knocks. Like it's <laughs> yeah. vicious. Yeah. Actually, Ozymandias works in both both fields. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't. Know, it, it is just. It's kind of a weird turn, but um. I like it. I mean, I, I think that it makes her like. I, I think her character, if she had been the same character all the way through all three games, like I don't think she'd be well remembered. Like she was the you know uh, cool alien romance option in Mass Effect One, who didn't have a lot of personality. Yeah, I, I don't really feel like the new personality is that much of a growth in a personality either. It's hmm. interesting, but not really personality interesting. Well, I think I think what's interesting is that they. You started off in the first one, like you, like you said, Chip. Like her, her main quality is like naive. Yeah, like she's she's very. I mean, I've compared her to like a, a, a you know, like a girl in college, like kind of you know, just figuring out who she is, kind of thing. And then you get to this one, like okay, like she's picked a major now. <laughs> she's you know, she's found a crowd to hang out with. Maybe they're the right crowd, maybe not. Um, but at least she she has a direction that she's pursuing and doing well at. So this is like checking in with, you know, somebody maybe, you know, maybe around like age like 28 or so. Like they've mm -hmm. clearly made some advancement. They still, you know, they, they still have a ways to go. Um, but it's interesting, too, that th in this game, you only get her really in the DLC. You get that little snippet of right. interactivity on Ilium and then you get her in the DLC. So as much as she's grown, you really only get like a quick snapshot of it. Yeah. And then it's not until the third one where she's back with you hanging out all the time that you can start to see like, okay, like this is who she is on a, you know, on a, on a daily basis here. It's not, you know, you're not just kind of like, okay, we're, we're just popping in for a quick visit. I think, you know, talking about her, the one character beat that, that all does definitely stand out is she's kind of obsessive. And I don't know that the game, I mean, it demonstrates it, but she is, I mean, like she's, First, she got super horny for Prothean Ruins, and that was her whole life, basically, right? And and she was 
obsessed with the the ideas of the Protheans and really like romanticized the Protheans in a way that as the events of Mass Effect 1 happen, you know, she had to look at that and say like, oh, wow, boy, was I wrong about a lot of stuff. Um, and then I think once two rolls around, the implication is very much that like the events of Mass Effect 1, the the fight with, with Sovereign and Saren uh, and the impending threat of the Reapers, like that becomes her all consuming purpose is I need to make this better. I need to help solve this, this admittedly galaxy threatening problem. Um, and she becomes fully obsessed with it. Yeah, she has to know everything, has to know every right. detail and having the best ways to be an information broker, apparently. Right. She has to, like, she has to know all the stuff. She has to get Shepard back through whatever means are necessary. She has to catalog all of this information. Uh, I mean, there's more stuff that, that starts coming out in later games, too, about her, like, archiving information and making... Um, um, I can't remember what you call them, those things, time capsules, you know, uh, uh, things like that. So like, it, it just, it becomes her whole life. And so I think that is actually really believable in that, like her character just goes way overboard on a thing and just goes super hard. Well, you know, you mentioned that she was obsessive and in particular, she'd been obsessive about Shepard and obsessive about fighting the Reapers. Is this a chicken or egg kind of situation? Like, did she become obsessive about the Reapers because she was obsessive about Shepard and therefore like Shepard's obsession kind of, you know, she she kind of ab absorbed that as well? Or was she obsessive about the Reapers and Shepard is such a critical, you know, com component of that, that she then has to be obsessive about Shepard because Shepard is yeah. part of the, the Reaper problem or yeah. the Reaper solution? And question, like maybe I missed this in a, it's been a bit. Did she like realize that 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 Cerberus would be able to bring Shepard back before she gave him their body, or did she just see the body from the broker just because uh just to keep the body? She knew there. about okay. Project Lazarus. Like that's okay. the implication is that she got the body for Cerberus to bring Shepard back. And I guess there was no other choice. It's like, ah, right, well, let's see if it works because if if that didn't succeed, the body's just kind of screwed up again. Right, but who else had the resources to do yeah. that? It's. Yeah, it's 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 a shot in a million, but like the other option is no, no shot at all. Right. So, you know, right? So yeah, Nick, I, I, that's a good question. I don't know. It's it's so funny because like I think a lot of people, a lot of people's experience of Mass Effect One is is leaving the game with Liara as your romance partner. I don't know if it's the majority. I should go find the numbers on this, but it's it's a pretty big number. And so, like, to some extent, like, if I'm Bioware, how am I writing around this? Am I saying, like, because for all the people who romanced her in one and either kept that flame alive or didn't in two, depending, I mean, because she basically is like, hey, I don't have time for you in this game. Um, but, like, there's that sort of, like, romantic, maybe, like, unhealthy obsession or... Maybe she just doesn't want the whole galaxy to be destroyed, and she views Shepard as a means to an end vis-a-vis -vis Reaper fighting. And I really don't know which one it is. It's probably, ideally, it's probably a little bit of both. I don't think she would know either. Yeah. It's all, it's all tangled up in there. Um, but it does come off really different if you don't romance her than if you do. She, because I, yeah, on this playthrough, I haven't romanced her. And she... I mean, she, she does approach Shepard early on and she's like, hey, I'm really into you. We should hook up. And, uh, you know, I rebuffed her at that point. But then, like, you're, there's a little bit of, like, where you're like, I think maybe, you know, she says some stuff and you're like, I think you're still carrying a flame, but whatever. And then, but, I mean, you know, she doesn't, she's not, she doesn't come out with it. She doesn't say anything about that. She's not up front with it if, if she is carrying a flame. Right. But she does come across as, like, one of Shepard's better friends, especially when you get to Mass Effect 3. Um, I mean, that, you know, she she's, you know, right there. She's one of, like she and and I want to say Garrus also and probably Tally too, but I don't I haven't really gotten to that part in Mass Effect Three yet. Yeah. But um, you know, even in even in Mass Effect Two, I mean, they're, they're she, those three are like the people that Shepard can really like sit down and be like, okay, like how screwed are we? <laughs> like you know, just let all the, the the pretenses down and just be like, okay, like we're 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 gonna have to figure this out because you know the odds are stacked against us here. Yeah, and that makes the most sense because that is the, like the ranking of the most popular squad mates from one is Garrus, Tally, and Liara. Mm -hmm. Rex at fourth. And no one gives a shit about Ashley and Caden, so. 
I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I know I know some people really do enjoy those characters, and I, I like Ashley's character at least. Um, but I, they're just I'm playing a game with cool aliens. You're you're relegated to the bench, humans. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You, you guys seem to like at least Nick seems to really like Zaid and too. So yeah, he's he's, he's like, my boy. Okay, he's my boy. <laughs> but but let's. Uh, so let's talk a little bit more about the the mission here. Um, what did you guys think of that final fight against Televisir, uh out on like the Ooh. patio outside oh, the apartment? Before we go to that, hotel. what about the what about the just the driving part? Oh, oh I yes, love that. the driving part. <laughs> I actually I love oh, that yes. that car chase. It's I mean it's clunky in that it's like not a, the game is not built for it, but it's it's still really fun and it's exactly long enough to be not infuriating. I would say. The best part is the banter between Liara and Shepard that like as much as it's clunky and the game's not built for it, like it kind of acknowledges that like this is yeah. a rough ride. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and, and not rough in the sense like the Mako is rough. Like this is just rough in that you're, you're, you're driving around a busy thoroughfare trying to you know chase a, a car. That was, that was a, a very fun diversion. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite part of there is like, what weapons does this have? It has, a, it's a taxi. It takes fares. Yeah. <laughs> And like yeah. I kind of like to be able to like I like that part like a little like breaking out of the game a little bit because you at least get to see how traffic flows in this game a bit different. It's like they use all, like all all forms of the space from like it's not just a straight line. There is if you look down there are multi level other vehicles and, and other parts of the highway just mm-hmm. doing their thing. It it really reminded me of the scene in the Fifth Element uh, where Bruce Willis, uh, who's wow I can't remember the name of his character, but um, is rescuing uh, Lilu Milojovic and they're doing that crazy like taxi chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either that or, or, the, or the revenge of the, of the, like, the uh, episode two Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same, yeah, yeah. Very similar chase. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, it, it's fun. And then you, you crash into that or well, uh, uh, Vasir crashes into it. You actually get to land. Uh, the uh, luxury erotic hotel, which is just a, it's a, it's a place that you go through. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. The weird thing was like the, if if you actually stop and watch some of the videos and it's just the, the dancing Asari and all their, their numbers, it's almost a little like Robert Palmer in a way. Robert. What huh. Uh, the, he, was, he was the guitar. Or he was the, the the singer, and he had like uh in his videos, he had all like the women all dressed up playing the instruments. Yeah, and they were all like moving in, in synchronized motion and stuff. I don't know. I think it was just the the synchronized motion that gave me that that feeling. I get but, that. I think, yeah, this is weird. Where they were talking about some kind of like uh, they're having discussion about a word for a part of the sorry body that just they won't go into. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a lot in there, but. Now, how did you handle uh, when Vasir took the hostage? Um, is this? I'm pretty sure I shot like through the hostage's leg to shoot Vasir. I think that's the renegade option. Oh yeah, yeah. And the hostage is fine. It's a flesh wound. <laughs> yeah, I threw, uh, we distracted him enough and threw a table at her. That's yeah. That's <laughs> the thing is that, that Shepard goes off on a monologue about like you know I I, I unleashed the Rachni and I. I I sacrificed the Alliance to save the Ascension. You think I'm going to care about a hostage? And then, like, it just catches Vasir saw off guard. And then, yeah, Liara throws a table at her. <laughs> right. It's, that is very funny. Yeah. Well, also, just told everybody that the Rack and I are still around. I think <laughs> well, people knew. People knew because, the, I mean, you heard it on the. Uh, oh, yeah. You heard the Rack and I vessels being well, on, the, they on heard, the news. They had rumors. Someone actually just confirmed it. <laughs> She's a specter. She should know. Oh yeah, she would know. Well, I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about the specter. I'm talking about because you're not surrounded just by her. There's also a bunch of civilians. But then again, it is Ilium, so you know. Oh, I I think they've got. That's the kind of thing. Like maybe like you know years from now when they're in therapy, reliving the incident, they're like, yeah, and he talked about reliving, releasing the Rachni, and they're like, wait. The Rachni are back. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Hope. Like you're not you're not focusing on that in the moment. <laughs> but yeah, and then and then you you wind up fighting her there. I thought that fight was annoying. It's super annoying. So I was on Vanguard, which helps because you can just biotic charge her. Uh, but no, that fight's really frustrating if you're not 
I ran out of bullets, so it was uh, very annoying. Oh. oh, yeah, I think that's happened to me. Like, I kept, like, bringing a ship, like, I can't do anything now. Hey, guys, you guys got bullets. Can you guys do something to this person? It's kind of annoying me right now. Yeah. I, I eventually yeah. got through it, but it was kind of frustrating. Oh, the thing that was also kind of weird was the, uh, while we were doing this mission, when she had those mercenaries, like, protecting and blocking her off while she's bleeding, they kind of just had regular trucks. There's nothing special, just a normal truck. I'm like, all right, cool. Hmm. Could I just shoot that truck and blow it up? It doesn't seem to have any armor. Or it doesn't seem to have very strong armor. Why we let this land? Good question. Yeah. I don't know. Video games. So after you beat her, I like that Shepard takes a moment to come over and be all preachy Shepard and be like, you know, you you, you you suck for working for the Shadow Broker. You know, Spectre should be better than that. Yeah. And, you know, she tries to defend herself saying that, you know, she used the data, you know, from the Shadow Broker. She saved the Citadel and... You know, then, you know, doing whatever she needed to do as his, his flunky, you know, is worth it. And then she, you know, she calls Shepard on, you know, his or her own, you know, bull because he's like, you work for Cerberus. Like, yeah. Who are you to talk? Yeah. They're not, they're, you know, they're not heroes. And, and she even, you know, ca- calls out Shepard for, uh, you know, the, 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 or calls out Cerberus for uh, the school that Jack was at, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, faci- the academy or whatever. And, and to coos and then she dies. <laughs> so, yeah. so at least she, you know, before she went out, she kind of threw it back in Shepard's face a little bit that, you know, he's not, you know, as much as he's a paragon, you know, if you're playing that way, he's not a paragon. He's yeah, well, right. kind of, but at least Shepard hasn't like purposely like, uh, Cerberus has done some shitty things, but Shepard doesn't normally blow people up unless he's renegade, but, uh, well, even, even then, like, Shepard still gets pulled into some stuff. Well, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like innocent people. Okay. Um, okay. She blew up a, she blew up an entire like company who had nothing to do with it just to that take down true. one person. Yeah. Shepard like blew up some like military targets and stuff like that. But I'm talking about actually didn't just go and go like, oh, there's a civilian apartment over there. Got my target in there. Let's blow that up to get rid of him. At least that we're aware of. Yeah. I don't know. We're gonna talk about Shepard kind of letting a whole yeah, letting whole uh system blow up <laughs> but, yes but then that one at least they didn't at least pull the trigger to blow it up but, well i guess they did but you know actually I take that back they did do that damn it <laughs> <laughs> no i mean shepherd cuts shepherd cuts some deals i mean and you're you're right usually if you're gonna do it you're doing it from the renegade perspective uh it, it the paragon option usually lets you either kind of if not find a different way you at least get to rationalize your way out of uh, you know all the the harder parts of the decision, but yeah. I mean, Shepard gets stuck. Shepard has like gets you know ha- gets to work with Arya Talok. You know she's not exactly on the up and up for things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and there it's not the same deal as with Cerberus. Like it's it's all just okay. I need information from you. Fine, I'll you know you need me to take care of your your Krogan old dude problem. Let me go do that. But yeah no it's it's just interesting to see when Shepard, especially again, like talking earlier about like the whole thing about like you know how how uh incorruptible are specters or are they all corrupt like Shepard, you know like I said like okay, we got two bad specters, like Shepard should fall on the good side of that, but maybe doesn't depends on the way you play it, but also really kind of toes that line very and like, yeah, they're not the most pinnacle of up and up either, like none of the specters are really good. Is it really a good organization, I wonder? Should we kind of get rid of this organization? Spectres are Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men. They're the the people you need on that wall that you don't want to know about. And that whole mindset goes into what they do, and I think that leads to them getting into some places that they probably shouldn't be. Yeah. So, So let's move on here. So at this point now, we have the information that we need, and it's time to go assault the Shadow Broker on his base. So uh, let's find out what happens when uh, Shepard and Liara go to the Shadow Broker's base. Shepard and Liara head to the planet Hagalaz, which is where the Shadow Broker's ship is hiding inside a massive storm. Shepard, Liara, and one other crew member are deposited on the ship to find a hatch to enter. They fight through drones and Shadow Broker agents, going in and out of the hull and avoiding the lightning capacitors that dot the ship's exterior until they find a hatch and break in. Once inside, they locate Theron. He is rigged to a chair that is connected to the Shadow Broker's information feed and keeps shocking him. 
If they try to free him, the chair will kill him. Shepard and Liara fight their way into the Shadow Broker's office. They discover that he is a Yogg, a massive alien race that was found too hostile to be uplifted. Liara speculates that the current Broker was a trophy of the last Shadow Broker before he killed the prior Broker and took his role. The Shadow Broker hurls his desk at the third squad mate, knocking them out and leaving Shepard and Liara to face him together. Shepard and the Shadow Broker fight until Liara is able to use her biotics to smash the glass holding back the energy above the Shadow Broker's office. The energy pours into the Broker and he explodes. Liara is able to turn off the power long enough for Farron to escape. Before Liara can celebrate, the Shadow Broker's agents start messaging that there was a brief outage and asking for their next instructions. Liara immediately steps in, assuming the role of the new Shadow Broker, with Farron and the Shadow Broker's drone as her new assistants. Okay, what the hell is a Yogg? <laughs> uh, a Yogg is a very angry alien species. Yeah. Yeah, they, they are highly, like, a, they're easily able to, they're able to get very intelligent, but they're mostly very aggressive. Like, the first, like, species that actually met the Yogg, the Yogg, like, tore them apart. They're like Krogan on steroids, basically. Yes. Yes. And it, smarter. It, it felt... Sorry, yeah, Krogan. It felt like they, they wanted like something that would make the Krogan look like a, a minuscule threat. And then they're like, okay, and th- this and the reason why you've never seen them is because they're so bad that yeah, we're just not letting them into space. Yeah, they're basically like no, no first contact, no letting them off their planet. They are too dangerous. But hey, one made it off there and became uh the Shadow Broker, you know. Um made it right off there is generous too because he did not make it off there he was taken off there by the former shadow broker as like a pet oops yeah kind of a kind of an idiot shadow broker which so far the shadow brokers haven't been very intelligent but yeah like yeah i'm off my planet gotta kill you become the shadow broker awesome yeah the 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 prior shadow broker reminds me a bit of uh was it donovan hawk with his vault Mm -hmm. Yeah, like fancy stuff. Like it, it feels like he was somebody who just started collecting things, and and he ultimately collected one thing too many. Yeah. Also, we talk the fact that it's easy to become the shadow broker. Really easy to become the shadow broker. You just do a voice changer into talk to. I'm like, hey guys, uh, this is shadow broker. What's going on? Can I just give me a sit rep? Also, well, check out that show too. But that makes that makes <laughs> sense though, because the shadow broker goes through through so many layers of obscuring their identity that yeah like once you have access to that you can very easily slip in and they're not going to notice that there's a change i mean they'd have to be paying attention to be like wait i think we're dealing with a different shadow broker but as long as the money's all clearing i don't think anybody's really going to care and clearly clearly this is not the first time this has happened so no well i think so so i I think you know they talk about in the first game like the bar levon uh or whatever, when you go and talk to to him about the Shadow Broker, he's like, well, I don't know who he, she, or they are. Like, there's a, there is a pretty well-accepted concept that the Shadow Broker is like a committee. That makes sense. It is a committee. You know, the first time I played Mass Effect 1, I thought Bar Levon was the Shadow Broker. <laughs> and then I, like, I was like, wait, why? And then I was like, oh, like, I completely misread that situation. Like, he's just a flunky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I can see how you would, though, like, because he's like, oh, I'm not the shadow broker. I don't know who the shadow broker is. Like, OK, all right. Yeah. Like, he, he doth protest too much, perhaps. Yeah. It would have been cool if it turned out to be him anyway. It would have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I think I think this Yogg has been this uh, has been the shadow broker for. What was it? At least 50, I think 50 years, maybe longer or shorter. Uh, it wasn't one. Of the, I think it's in one of the logs. Like it is in one time. of the logs. It was quite a while. Yeah, it's been it's yeah. been a bit it's before Shepard became a Spectre, at least. Oh, for sure, yeah. But uh, on top of that, like the sh- the ship that the Shadow Broker has as their base looks pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the, the fact that it lives on a planet that's just constantly going between ice and 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 extreme heat, it's just I, an interesting concept. The thing I'm the most sad about in that mission is that you don't get a better view of that planet because it seems just so cool. <laughs> yeah, and if if, if you know, if you ever read the codex, it basically like the way this the shadow ship works. It goes on the, the edge between the heat and the cold, and each there's, there's actually biological plant life on this planet that's constantly either like flash frozen, and then when the heat comes back, it gets unfrozen. But they can't live on any planet because they're designed to be able to be to be either extreme heat or extreme cold. Right. 
I think it's bad. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah and you've got the, the lightning constantly striking the ship. Yeah. Constantly yep. the ship and making a great weapon. And if it gets collected, just shoot it over and just zap everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. I mean, this, I, I feel like the, the shadow broker base infiltration in a weird way before the fight um with the dude is probably the most unremarkable part of the shadow broker dlc like it's fine it, I it's actually a cool have vista, a... but the design isn't i don't think it's as good as like either the hotel part or like the the barrier frontiers office like climbing through there i, I don't yeah. know i think it's a little too long for what it is the first few areas i enjoy like shooting the things like oh enemies are close to the thing i'll shoot that it'll wipe all of them out oh you have a biotic shield or, or sealed shoot this electricity thing kills you yeah awesome and then that went like three or four more times i'm like where's the end of this and then somehow i got to the end and like oh here's where we're supposed to go cool let's get inside i'm done with this now yeah see i think that's part of the shadow broker's natural defenses is that he wants you to get bored and give up before you actually get to him it didn't work i'm persistent (laughs) (laughs) too many rpgs i can get through a grind so what do we think about Liara becoming the Shadow Broker? Oh, I was going to say, what do we feel about the fact that they got rid of Omnigel in here? And everybody really yes. hated it. Uh, really yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed that little nod where they're like, yeah, it really, it really annoyed a lot of people. Um, I am not among them. I, I don't miss the weird Omnigel nonsense. Uh, I mean, what, what about the fight? Like, did, you, did y'all... Probably you know the gimmick to the to the fight with the shadow broker now, but um, that dude hits hard. Yeah, oh yeah, it hits hard. But the fight wasn't too bad. It was just once you got it, it was like ah, take this his yeah. shield down and kill him. It's wasn't it too was, bad. Yeah, it was standard video game. Learn a pattern, execute yeah. the pattern, repeat three times. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Call it a day. Yeah, the, I mean, it, 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 it was it was kind of cool though because they do a good job. I mean, the Yog is a massive massive beast of a dude yeah and shepherd's there and they're like okay like you get to brawl with this guy <laughs> right I, that's the one like standout part to me is that it's it's not a standard mass effect fight in that it's not quite like melee combat but it's much closer than the game really i think ever almost, gets it's almost dark souls ish in a way yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Not, not as not as as good as dark souls at least but it's like I think they're also trying to get more like more more melee combat in there since like Mass Effect Three has a lot more melee combat, so they're probably prepping people for that. Oh yeah, yeah, it might be. Yeah, they did like, add a lot of emphasis on on like melee finishers and stuff in three. Yeah, but uh, what's also kind of like just just like this fight was not bad, but what kind of disappointed me a little bit was, or maybe not disappointed, it was just surprising. Is when you get there, it's like. You get the base, you find Farron, you release Farron, and like I said to myself, like, oh, it's gonna be a long corridor, we're gonna go through a bunch of things, then we'll get to the Shadow Broker. Instead, it's like the next door. Like, oh, hi, Shadow Broker, you're just next door to the torture device. <laughs> hey, how you how, how you doing? You didn't bother, like, you pretty sure you got all these cameras. You didn't go, huh. He's trying to break that guy out and killing all my men. Should I step out of here? Nah, I'm just gonna stay behind my desk. I mean, I think that was his hubris being like, I can take, I can take Shepard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've said like people have entered the Shadow Broker's room and never left. Yeah. So I, I, he, you know, I, that's the thing about the Shadow Broker is that you're undefeated as the Shadow Broker until you're no longer the Shadow Broker. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it makes sense. I mean, he, I mean, you, and that's the thing too is you have to figure he knows who Shepard is and he knows. You know, Shepard's not standing there, you know, yelling like, you know, you want to fight me? I, I, you know, release the Rachni and I destroy, you know, let the Alliance fleet die and all that stuff. Like, Shepard doesn't have to give that speech before they, they tussle. Mm-hmm. He knows everything about Shepard. You know, he should at least because he's yeah. the shadow broker. Yeah, also, and also Shepard's a very notable character. So to a certain degree, he's like, you're going to come in here. We're going to fight. And I've been waiting for this. Like, this isn't the kind of like, if he was dreading it, he would have run. So you have to know that he was like, okay, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to take down Shepard. I'm going to get all your secrets or whatever. Because, you know, he, you know, who knows if he was even going to kill him necessarily. I mean, he, he you know, Shepard has value. And he was going to be the one to break him. Yeah. If there's anything, he's hoping to use Shepard just to stop the Reapers. Because you know the Reapers are coming. He knows shit's about to go down. And he's like, well, my information broker isn't, isn't 
is enough to top out a fleet of, of organic sentient robot ships, you know. I don't know. He, I, he seems like the kind of guy that would try to negotiate with the Reapers. That's what he's like, trying. Guys, no, he is trying to negotiate. Yeah. That's what he wants Shepard yeah. for is to have right. some leverage to negotiate with them. Right. Yeah. But yeah, the whole fact of eventually that happens into the hour becomes a shadow broker by doing the same thing the Yogg did. It's like, hey guys, what's going on? This is a shadow broker. Everything's cool. It's all good. But, Don't uh, worry. Get back to operations. Work. Yeah. Well, what what are you what are you supposed to do? I mean, you just be like, hey everybody, it's Liara. The shadow broker's dead. You know, like you can't. You know, that's you clever. Can't leave a vacuum. You can't. You know. I guess. Oh you no! Could maybe I, just disappear. I, I wasn't. Even if, you know, even if you, I wasn't questioning what Liara was doing at all. That was not surprising. That made the most sense. I was just was more clever. the fact that how easy it was to do is just still surprises me. <laughs> well, the hard no. It was easy assuming you could fist fight with a yog. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, catch you, Dick. After that. But after that, after that, no, but it, like I said, it makes sense because the shadow broker by its nature is so obscured that, yeah, Liara could just step in and, and you know, at that point, all the fail safes, which is to say all of the soldiers on that ship, including the shadow broker, all failed. Like, you know, Liara and Shepard earned that. Yeah. Time to get new mm-hmm. new guards, new uh, defenses. We're not. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. But uh, hey, at least we got Farron. He's still fine, a little fried, but uh, doing pretty good. What? Yeah, okay. I, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about <laughs> Farron here. What's the deal with Farron and Liara? Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure the guy like at least Farron is is highly into Liara. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because like, a- e- there's definitely a point where you can ask her, and she's like, no, no, no. It's a, it's a work relationship, and I'm like, yeah, you say that. Uh, I've I've no work relationship. This is not. This is more than a work relationship. At least on Farron's right. part, right? There's a a meme somewhere, and it shows a picture of you, and it's Farron, and then it's like you, your crush is crush, and it's it's Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of hard when you got to measure up to Shepherd as someone who's crush. Like, oh no, well, Farron's not even the coolest Drell in the game. No, 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 <laughs> no. He's not. But, does not seem to be dying from an incurable disease, at least that we're aware of. Give him time. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> I mean, not you know, not even to to slander him or whatever, but it it seems like kind of a pretty standard drill issue. I, don't know. I shouldn't I shouldn't slag on Farron. He did help free Shepard from the first Shadow Broker. So yeah, yeah. he did go through. A he, was, he was part of that. He's, he's, a, he's a good guy. Oh no, yeah, there's. Guy. I don't have a problem with him at all. It's just like I felt like the the both him and Liara were trying to pretend there was nothing there. And it's like, eh, it kind of seems like there's something there. It did. It did. And yeah, it's one of those things where I almost feel like as much as like mass effect is like a dating sim for Shepard. Like there's a game for like, like a Liara dating sim out there. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, is she going to hook up with Shepard? Is she going to hook up with Farron? Is there <laughs> anyone else she might want to hook up with? Maybe that Hanar over there. <laughs> <laughs> well you hook up with the hanar you get their drill assassin for free so. <laughs> that's fair. oh okay that's a, it's like that's a, a two for one do yeah yeah but this this sh- once you get done with this it's kind of like the things just kind of ends like all right what, what can do the ship now yeah not, it's i'm not sure it's just too late like where i'm at in the game but um like i can send my stuff on missions but i don't there's like no point right yeah no if i'm tempted on another playthrough to do this much earlier because that ship is so useful. Like all the stuff that you need, like all throughout the Normandy is all in one central location. Yeah. Research bays and like your upgrades, everything's on one central location. You just can't take the shadow broker ship everywhere with you. But then again, I guess you could just get on the Normandy and just uh, fly around the galaxy. When you need to do other stuff, like just head over the shadow broker ship and get everything done. Especially with the loading, um, with the loading times being so fast now on like modern hardware, that is somewhat tempting. Well, the other thing too is like, how much of the game do we spend hitting every planet, getting every resource until you know you you've got an adequate supply? I mean, here you just be like, tell me what planets to go to. <laughs> It'll just yeah, you just go. Yeah, you don't have to worry about like actually like doing the scanning and stuff. So I mean, that's that's a nice feature. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it feels a bit like a new game plus kind of mode. It does. Maybe that's what it, you know, especially since it came out so late, where it's just like okay, like here, you know, you will we'll, you you have the opportunity to get this earlier in the in you know subsequent playthrough. So enjoy. Yeah, it. I've never done it early in a playthrough, and I don't know why because there's really you bring one squad mate with you. Um, I, I'd like to bring Tally with me since she's like OG Normandy, which you obviously can't do early in the game, but there's almost no upside to, to waiting. Yeah. I did like, I brought Garrus with me and, yeah. uh, the shadow broker is like, Ooh, Archangel, like I can get the bounty on you too. And then he throws a table at him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which there's a lot of table throwing in this DLC. There is a lot actually. Yeah. No, I want to say, um, I did play through this, uh, on my playthrough where I did romance Liara. And what's nice is at the end of it, like you get to invite Liara back to the ship and you get to spend like a night with her yeah. aboard the Normandy. And it's a nice little, because as much as there's like the, the, the bickering and everything, like when you've gone through the romance option with her, if you like, especially cause I, when I played through that shepherd, I didn't romance anyone else. So I, I basically I kept the flame alive for Liara. So it was very much a, oh hey, like we're still into each other. Let's all you know, let's all hook up on the Normandy, right? Um, and I mean, you know, it's standard. You don't see anything, but it's all implied. But uh, yeah, it was a, you know, it was a nice little, it was a nice little date that they had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm doing on my playthrough. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Kara? I was just saying, like, I enjoyed the little uh, little video things. You get to spy on people throughout the galaxy. Yeah, what everyone else is doing. There's um there's one where you can see uh what's it Kalisa Aljilani getting decked by somebody else which I think is very amusing. A Krogan, yeah. Yeah. Headbutted, I believe actually. Yes. And then this is where cuz you've mentioned before that uh Bailey's first name is Armando. I believe this is where we find that out. Yeah, this is where you find cuz one of the videos is just right. him kind of sitting there looking weary and it you know and then like the caption says like Armando Bailey. That's right. Out. Yeah. Yeah. No, you the, the videos are fun and this I guess that's the thing is that really this is why it's worth like playing through the whole game because you know at that point you know we are dealing with like Arya is killing a blue sun's merc. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily Wong is dancing at a club on the Citadel. Fred Mazai is talking to himself in the bathroom. I don't remember who that was. Was that just some random dude? Uh don't think I'm pretty Fred Mazai was uh crap who is it? I'm going to look that up while you talk about the rest. Yeah. He was uh, you like get a, a U- random Udi- politician or something, yeah. Okay. Udina gets pissed and pushes an Alliance soldier. Oh, yeah. Uh, Anderson is talking to a Cerberus soldier. Uh, well, I guess that's interesting only because, like, why would Anderson be talking to Cerberus? But interesting. Like his back- also, too, it's not clear when these were taken. Right. Some of these are a bit older. Right. Um, there's uh, what uh, Gavorn, uh, who was the, tur- what, the Turian, was he a general or sergeant, uh, who, who was tasked with taking out the Vorka on Omega. He mm-hmm. was killing some Vorka. Uh, there's a, a there's just a keeper on the Citadel ignoring a dead Krogan Merc. <laughs> and then you have one of Matriarch Athena, who was the bartender on Ilium. Yeah. Looking at the picture of an Asari. Yeah. Who could that be? Can we see who that Asari is, or it's kind of left ambiguous at this point? I think it's left ambiguous, but I think you can you can imagine who it is. And then you have... Uh, Erdnot Torsk throwing a Solarian into a Varen pit on Tuchanka. You have Kelhim, who was that asshole politician from uh, um, uh, the Citadel. Uh, now he's over on Omega, and he hits a Turian with his car. Yeah, it is. Just, is there any Turian we know? Don't know. Just a, it's a Turian. Sucks to be them. Also found out uh, Fred Mazai. Uh, no, but he he has seen other areas where... Apparently, you can see a video of him and a Solarian walk into an air car, and then a Tarian driver opens the door and shoots the Solarian. Oh. <laughs> what? Okay. So maybe, like, <laughs> organized crime guy? No, he literally just hangs out with people, and just things kind of oh. happen. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other thing that's fun in here is they have all the dossiers. Or not dossiers, but they do have dossiers, but they also have, like, intercepted comms that you can read. Um like grunt, like his his internet search history. Some of that stuff is is really is really funny. Oh, I I missed that. Oh uh, yeah, hit that up. It's, it's pretty. Check that. It's pretty amusing. I don't I don't know if I want to know Grunt's search history. <laughs> no, it's it's funny. It's not. It's mostly not yeah. weird. It's it's just funny. <laughs> mostly not weird. Like ninety percent. So anything like, uh, else? Anything else about the Shadow Broker DLC? I don't think I was. I like, trying to think of like what his. I was looking at his. Uh, his internet search history, it's like, it just says, Krogan history, great search, great wars, genophades, erased, Krogan victories, Okir, great general, Tachanka, 
Tachanka. Looks like he's trying to spell Tuchanka. He can't figure out how to spell Tuchanka. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> and they're just like, Tyrannosaurus Rex, Earth Lizard Rex. He also spells Rex W-R-E-X, which is very- Oh, that's amazing. funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Like, like just yeah. Earth, not Rex, it's, it's Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, just like all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Also, it looks like he's looking, be- he looking for a bunch of different animals. Like he's looked like, he looked at the whole old man, the sea, and then sharks. Yeah. <laughs> well, if he's looking for sharks, he's going to wind up getting all the different uh, vehicles. Oh, God. Right. That's true. Got to get that hammerhead and that mako. And that what whale. Wait. Wait, what? <laughs> <There's> no- <laughs> oh. Also, I like the little fan service where you can see Jacob doing sit up shirtless. Mm-hmm. Not for us, but for some other of our player base. Like, they'll enjoy for that. For Kasumi. Well, what's interesting is that it's on the Normandy that he's doing that, which means the Shadow Broker has feeds on the Normandy, which isn't surprising. Yeah. Because, I mean, you, what kind of Shadow Broker would you be if you didn't have feeds on the Normandy? But still, like, I mean, that's a sign to Shepard, like, go back and clean, you know, sweep your ship again. Well, it's also the, se- the sector of the person who probably wouldn't be sweeping the ship for uh, for cameras, because you don't see it in uh, Morden's area or in... Um, yeah. is, is the implication mm. then that, like, Jacob is, like... Doing the shirtless uh, sit-ups, like, does he like streaming it? He might be. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. What's the what's the Mass Effect equivalent of OnlyFans? This is way before Twitch and everything, too, but it'd be funny if he was trying to do that for his Jacob OnlyFans. Jacob fans. I mean, you know how, like, Twitch used to be Justin TV? I mean, this is just, like, Jacob TV. <laughs> I forgot that. Yeah. Way back Jacob in the- TV. Jacob TV, come get loud and spill some drinks. That's <laughs> uh, but also like, how'd y'all f- feel about the little, little little drone that's always just calling everybody Shadow Broker? I hate that glitch. I hate yeah. So obnoxious. It, it fills its role of being annoying. Yeah, I, I feel like he and Farron like make a good little like group. Like, okay, you guys can go off and like be kind of like Liara's assistants mm-hmm. away from Shepard <laughs> and the Normandy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's he's innocuous for what he is, but yeah, I'm glad he's not on the Normandy. We don't need him, right? I guess it could be better than than him calling everybody Commander Shepard or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, in his defense, the only person he's ever interacted with is the Shadow Broker, so why would he have to worry about interacting with anybody else who wasn't the Shadow Broker? Mm -hmm. It'd be funny if he's like, hello, not Shadow Broker. (laughs) Do we have anything else to say about the Shadow Broker DLC, or I think we've, we've run that through? Nope. Just... Make sure you before you leave, don't forget to grab that Shadow Broker model ship for your for your uh, office. Yes, because as we said, that's a good looking ship. It good is looking ship, and it's huge. It takes a lot of space in your model kit collection. You've got room for it. Yeah, you do. All right. So all that said, thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the Mash Network. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mash those buttons. Also YouTube at youtube.com slash mash those buttons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. My handle is uh, WD, that's the word double, Y-E-W-D-E-E. Uh, and here on the MASH Network, where on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks we talk about Final Fantasy XIV and all the goings-on in that game. Uh, Kura, where can folks find you? You can follow me on uh, Twitter at Kurabaras, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. You can also find me most weeks talking about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy, and you can follow us on Twitter at Dropping Spicy. And that's all I can think of at the moment. What about you, Nick? I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft story and lore. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash discord, and email us your thoughts or questions at squadgoals at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon. Where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content. And you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. And stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. 
Who's making these model ships? This is a secret ship that no one should know about, and everybody who made it was killed. Who made this model? Probably someone who was killed by the Shadow Broker oh, after okay. they made it. That's why it's on the Shadow Broker ship. Wow. Fair enough. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at Mash.gg slash Discord. 